0: Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience.
1: Lou Keaton, welcome to the Center of the Universe.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I guess we should uh, talk about how we connected. Uh, I think you read a newsletter that referenced this podcast and you said, oh, it's pretty cool. He's he's talked to some small business folks. I'd love to talk about my nonprofit. Is that accurate?
0: That is exactly it. So thank you so much for sharing stories from the center of the universe and making it so accessible to us.
1: No, it's, I'm very happy to have you, Lou. And uh, I, I guess we should start with uh, how did Whistle Stop Theater Company start?
0: That's a great question. So I had previously been working as a professional actress touring all over the country and to some other parts of the world. And one day I was working a contract that was challenging to say the least. And I called my mother to vent and I shared everything that I felt like was going wrong. And I eventually said, I don't understand why so many theater companies struggle to create an environment that supports their artists and make them feel safe to create. And she said, okay, so why don't we just do that ourselves? Mm. And so we did. (laughs) And naturally, we wanted to do it in the center of the universe, uh, as this is where I grew up and where my parents currently live. And this being a family company, we wanted to use our skills and talents to bring our community into our family.
1: Awesome. So uh, what are the objectives of of Whistle Stop? What were they then and and what are they now? And uh, I'm guessing the core has not changed a lot, but maybe some of the details have changed.
0: The details have changed, but you're right. The core is essentially the same. When we started the Whistle Stop, I was freshly out of college from Shenandoah Conservatory with a BFA in theater for youth. So my interest was in creating works of theater that could empower youth and their families. So I had a lot of interest in taking stories that we grew up with, fairy tales and classic works of literature and folklore and analyzing what about these stories have stuck with us for all of time and taking those elements that have resonated with humanity and applying them to what audiences really need today to make them feel empowered. And so I would write these scripts myself and my mother would create the costumes and the props and my father would create the sets and the lighting and my brother would design the posters and we would bring in all of our favorite artists and friends to make these productions come to life in a very short amount of time. That's actually one of the reasons why we call it the Whistle Stop. Since all of our casts and artists are volunteers, we wanted to make sure that it fits within their schedule. So all of our rehearsal processes are either a week to two weeks, and we have maintained that structure for the past decade. Now we're starting to explore more classic works of theater that have already been established. Our first production written by another playwright was produced this year. It was Thornton Wilder's Our Town. And so now we're starting to explore other great works of theater that can reinforce what we're hoping to do for the Whistle Stop, which is ultimately to empower our audiences.
1: Very cool. Are your audiences uh, general audiences, or do you have uh, a target part part of the the world that becomes your audience?
0: First and foremost, we want to serve Ashland, Virginia. Growing up, I didn't really have access to live performance outside of school, and going into Richmond wasn't always an option um, and not always affordable. And so that became a really big part of what we're trying to achieve at the Whistle Stop. And one of the reasons why everyone involved is a volunteer, including myself, including my family. We all volunteer to put on these productions so that we can keep production costs low and either make our tickets $10 or at the best uh, free of charge entirely.
1: Uh, It sounds like a real family affair. Uh, I'm trying to think if I could rally my family uh, of five to uh, participate in one endeavor like that. You you guys must be really close.
0: (laughs) We are. We're very, very close and we're all very creative and uh, collaborative. You know, when we get together, we can't help but come up with ideas for next creative projects. And that's part of how we enjoy each other and enjoy our time together, is collaborating on something that feels like it's bigger than us and our family.
1: Where do you uh, perform these works, typically?
0: All over Ashland. uh, The Hanover Arts and Activity Center has been a huge supporter of us for the past decade. Our first productions began in the Ashland Firehouse Theater, thanks to the late, great Reagan Phillips, who was essentially our benefactor for a time. And now that the Ashland Theater is up and running, we're doing more works at theater there.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. I have uh, links, as I, I was telling you before we started recording, to, to Ashley. I grew up there, and so my parents were actually married in the, uh, the Arts and Activity Center, and I remember the Ashland Theater as a child just being a very vibrant awesome place. I couldn't wait to go there. So I'm glad it's open again. And I'm glad you guys get to uh, perform theater there. It's uh, That has to be fantastic feeling. To, it to really an is.
0: Movie. And Lore is, the Whistle stop is the first theater company to ever perform in the Ashland Theater, which if that's true, it's something we are really honored by.
1: Yeah, you should be. Uh, it's it's a really cool venue. Uh, the you being first that that's that's very special and that will stay with you uh, the rest of your life, I imagine.
0: I hope so. Uh, we also were really involved with helping to get grants and to establish the theater as it is now, and are very very proud to have the Whistle Stop Theater Company on a plaque inside of the theater. So next time you're in the lobby. Look out for our name.
1: Yeah, I'll check it out. So uh, when, when you think about the last 10 years, do you what are your fondest memories? And then a second part of that question is, what, what were some of the challenges you guys had to overcome the last decade?
0: You know, it's so funny that you ask that uh, because we're actually working on a documentary of our the Whistle Stop that is going to be premiered at Ashland Train Day in the Ashland Theater. And so I'm collecting all these stories from volunteers who have been with the company for the past 10 years. And they're sharing all of their favorite memories. And I only recently started asking myself, what was my point of view from where they are? For instance, uh, I just shared the video of our composer, Samuel Aaron talking about his favorite memory, which was from the production of A Little Mermaid. And it was the first show he and I had ever collaborated on and had been previously produced, but we didn't have as much creative control over that production. So we were so excited to produce it ourselves and bring it to life the way that we originally envisioned. And he was talking about what an enriching experience that was for him. And I shared that huge enjoyment of the process and complete all of the creative talent that came to us and brought that story to life but simultaneously i had just gotten into a life threatening accident and just like the little mermaid had completely lost my voice mm. and as the director that's a huge problem <laughs> and so what i really remember from that time was the artistic staff rallying around me. And even though I couldn't communicate with them vocally, they established this communication with me and it manifested into some of the most beautiful and, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the right word because it was so transcendent. It, It really took a life of its own from that experience. And so And I can just think of a million examples of that, where something about these artists who are volunteering their time to create, the work that comes out of people who give so generously is truly transcendent and incredibly heartwarming.
1: Yeah, I I imagine, uh, and we, we certainly don't know, need to get into the details of your accident, but losing your voice and then trying to direct uh, takes the entire team to come together to be very empathetic and and to be willing to work through what had to be an obstacle, certainly for you, but uh, was an obstacle for everybody else. It sounds like you guys pulled it off beautifully and you have deeper relationships because of that.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that's consistent through all of our productions at the Whistle Stop. Something about having to rehearse a show in a week or two weeks really bonds people. You don't have enough time to get wrapped up in your own ego or your own fears. You completely lean on each other. And every single show, the cast and the artistic team end up calling each other family And so we call everyone involved with the Whistle Stop, our Whistle Stop family, uh, because those bonds are something that have lasted well beyond this decade together.
1: So when you're thinking about putting a a play together, how how many people at a minimum do you need and and what are each of those folks doing?
0: Well, it depends on the show. Um, First and foremost, I'm always thinking about what Ashland needs, what kind of storytelling do they need and how can we best serve them using performance arts so for instance during the initial lockdown for covid i was thinking about how we were all struggling with isolation and uh, our place in the world and i started thinking about what kind of stories have addressed that to sort of give context to um an experience that feels unprecedented. And I realized that Anne Frank had a mm. lot of parallel experiences. And so, surely, I could take individual diary entries that really highlight these parallel experiences and work with a single actor to bring these pieces to life digitally. And so I called up Kate Noel Bunting, who has been with us since she was 10 years old, and asked her if she would be willing to play Anne Frank, and she agreed. And so we met digitally over Zoom for about six weeks, and we would rehearse each diary entry together. And, uh, Put that up on digital so people had the opportunity not only to watch this work but be connected with uh reading resources and educational resources to help better contextualize this experience that we are all having and so that's a great example of just two people making a live performance piece but then during our production of the lion the witch and the wardrobe Golly, I think we had about 20, 25 volunteers involved. And that was everyone from the Hanover Arts and Activity Center setting up the stage and setting up lights to the actors, to my mother making all the costumes and doing all the makeup and uh, mothers in the cast coming together to help getting all their kids dressed and (laughs) making sure everyone's on stage on time. So that was a much larger production, but nonetheless uh, just as impactful. Uh,
1: what about, besides the obvious uh, vocal challenge you had, any other challenges you guys have had to work through?
0: I think mostly it's uh, the challenge of time, you know, since this whole world goes <laughs> so quickly and we all have so many responsibilities, it's hard to take time and say, I want to. Use this moment to be creative and to give freely. It's hard to justify that much energy and time. So, we want to make that as easy as possible by planning way ahead and helping our actors and volunteers get all the materials they need so they can come into rehearsals and be ready to put on a show in a week. I think that's our largest challenge. But outside of that, it It feels almost effortless because it feels like the whole town and all of our volunteers just come together and get it done without even questioning it. They want to give this time and give this energy to something that's larger than themselves. And that makes it feel less like a struggle and more like a calling
1: yeah, you're. You're. I, I love the phrase you're giving uh, to something that's greater than you, and uh, that can be very powerful uh, to think about uh, attempting that, to actually do it, and then to look back on those. Uh, it's it's all positive.
0: Yeah, and it's um, something I'm trying to remind myself at this ten year mark. It's easy to look back at everything we've done and go, "Oh, well, those were just children's shows," or "Oh, you know, it's just a little." gigs that I did for fun with my friends, you know, Uh, it's really easy to diminish the impact of what we've done until you look at the children who've grown up with us and are now in college pursuing the arts or the people who have come back to performance art after they've taken so much time away to pursue their careers and their families to see them pursuing art again is really powerful and it's a really important reminder that regardless of how important you think your work is you are having an impact all around you and so hopefully that impact is something that helps
1: that impact is powerful and even though there will be struggles on on the journey it's all worthwhile especially when you look back at it
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so you mentioned the, the lion the witch in the wardrobe from the time you had the idea to pursue or to put that together how long did it take from idea to you actually performing it in front of the public
0: mm, that's a great question i tend to think about what i want to write for years <laughs> and the idea for the lion the witch and the wardrobe came to me After I did a production of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I played Edmund. And even though it was a gorgeous production and I got to do it with the most incredible artists, I wasn't thrilled with the script. And I kept thinking about how I would do it differently. So golly, I think in about August of that year, I started writing the script and I believe I finished it within three weeks. And then I started casting and got the script to everyone as soon as I could, so that way they could start memorizing their lines. And then by December, the show was up and running at the Hanover Arts and Activity Center.
1: Wow! And you're you're doing this in—I hate to phrase it this way—but in your spare time. (laughs) You're a full-time actress, right?
0: Uh, well, I'm actually a full-time digital producer, marketing director, and uh, social media manager. So that's what I do for money. <laughs> and then for my passion in my free time, I volunteer with the Whistle Stop.
1: Got it. But you're also like, you're the founder, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the term is, but you you hold a position of authority. like. The the the, your nonprofit goes the direction you want it to go is my uh, interpretation. Is that
0: am I wrong? (laughs) You're not wrong. I'm the founding artistic director, and my mother is the managing director, and my father is our technical director. So, uh, yeah, we get to work as a family to decide what we are motivated to do artistically and what we perceive our community needing. And do our best to provide that with the skills and talents that we have. So, my skill set lies in writing and directing and occasionally acting and pulling together all of these wonderful artists and convincing them to volunteer in their spare time. And so, I put a lot of, and I also do our website and our social media. Um, So I do put a lot of energy into creating these shows and helping them come to life.
1: Are all of the artists from uh, Ashland or or the greater Ashland area?
0: Some of them are, although we've been very lucky to have artists really from all over the country. For instance, I work with another composer, uh, Paul Lohman, and we've been working together, golly, for like, 14 years now, <laughs> a long time. We've ran a lot of lot of plays together. And he's in New York. So mm. all of our collaborations happen digitally these days. And the same thing with Dax Dupuy. She was the original uh, composer for our very first production Food Baby, which was a very grown-up show. <laughs> um, and she's also... Oh, she's in uh, South Carolina now. So yeah. And I had one friend fly from Chicago to be in our production of Cinderella, the fairy godmother's tale. So while we do involve a lot of, uh, Ashlanders in our productions, we're interested in working with anybody who brings the whistle stop spirit. And that could be anyone from all over the world.
1: That's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, having that sort of reach for a nonprofit theater company has to feel really good.
0: It feels really good to know that I have such talented, generous friends you know, that I can reach out and say, hey, I've had this crazy idea. Do you want to drive down, fly down and do this show in a week with me and have so many of them say, yeah, sure. Fine. That sounds great <laughs> um, for The Ashland train day coming up. Dax Dupuis is going to be coming to Ashland and staying with me for a time so that we can do a food baby medley at the Ashland Theater before the premiere of our documentary. And she doesn't have to do that. She's a very important playwright. Uh, But she's going to take that time anyway because, you know, she's creative and generous and loving. And I'm very, very lucky to know her.
1: Yeah, I, I think the more people put love in the world, the more the more they get it back. And so, yeah, it sounds like she's getting a lot of love in return, I imagine.
0: <laughs> I try, I try to give as much love as I can. Uh, so I completely agree with you. If we're going to make this world a better place, then we've got to put as much love as we can into it.
1: Absolutely, no doubt about that. Are you working on a play right now? Are you in the midst of working on one?
0: Uh, Right now, I am working on putting together some uh, performances for Ashland Train Day and putting together our documentary. So I'm filming that and uh, editing it together and collecting a whole bunch of beautiful artists from uh, the past 10 years to sing some of our original songs throughout the day during Ashland Train Day.
1: Did you film every performance?
0: We try to, but technology has developed a lot in the past 10 years as it turns out. So one of the reasons why we've been doing the whistle stop sing along as we call it is because we didn't have a lot of great recordings of the original songs that we had produced. It was really just, we put on this original show for a weekend and then all of this gorgeous music kind of disappeared. So this past year, I've been working with artists from all over the country, but primarily Virginia and the Whistle Stop, to record these songs and perform these songs over again so we can have digital recordings of them. And I literally uh, edited each song so you can follow the bouncing ball to sing along with them. And hopefully audiences can enjoy these this music for the next 10 years or longer
1: out of curiosity the bouncing ball how long did it take how long does it take to do that for one song it depends on the song
0: (laughs) so there was one song from the little mermaid that had oh objectively five million lyrics in it (laughs) so that took me a good oh golly 13 hours to put together, but then there was another song from the Pied Piper called Get the Mice Gone, and it was just, get the mice gone, get the mice, over and over and over again, and that was way easier to put together.
1: 13 hours is a real commitment.
0: I care. I care deeply.
1: Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Cool. Uh, So what plans do you have over the next, say, year, five years, 10 years? Where's uh, Whistle Stop Theater Company going?
0: We just don't know. Uh, One of the things that I find really important about the work that we do at the Whistle Stop is our ability to be responsive. So whatever Ashland needs, when Ashland needs it, I want to be responsive with what we are creating. For instance, when we decided to do Our Town, one, we were excited to do it because uh, my parents met during that production when they were in college. So there's a huge family legacy in that work, but also coming out of lockdown and processing this experience of living in a pandemic, we thought it was really important to reinforce this messaging of what it means to be a town, what it means to be a community and Thornton Wilders Our Town does that expertly. I mean, there's a reason why he won the Pulitzer Prize. So it felt really timely for us to do that work. And I want to really listen to what our community is asking for and respond to that with our theater.
1: That is a fantastic answer to a, a really bad question. because. whenever anybody asks me what I'm doing over the next five years, I'm like, I I don't know. (laughs) See which way the wind's blowing uh, later today or tomorrow. Yeah.
0: You know, we all want to have plans. We all want to know what our 10 year plan looks like, but ultimately I think we as humans are called to ride the waves and take what we are receiving and respond to it as best we can. And the Whistle Stop is just a little example of that journey.
1: So you've lived in Ashland for a good part of your life, and and you live there now, and it sounds like you've gravitated back to Ashland uh, where you spent part of your childhood. What is it about Ashland specifically uh, that, that is a draw for you?
0: So I do live in Richmond on the north side, so that Uh Ashland is still very accessible to me. But I spend a good portion of my week in Ashland regardless, um, working as a producer and staying close to my family. And it really comes back to the community. I said at the beginning of the interview that I was perfectly uh, comfortable with the idea that I should just hide I was weird. I was awkward. I'm still weird. I'm still awkward. (laughs) And I completely understood why people would reject me. And I never felt that way in Ashland. I was always embraced by this entire community. Everyone has just accepted me for who I am and supports all of my crazy ideas you know i was talking to carolyn pierce who i'm sure you've spoken to she is very important in the town of ashland and i was telling her how i wanted to put on a concert of the whistle stop sing-along and she said oh great you can use the barn (laughs) you know the fact that my friend had a barn and thought sure this is something i can offer Someone I love. It just continues to humble and inspire me, and that's Ashland in a nutshell. They show up for you, and so I want to show up for them.
1: Yeah, I think every person at some point, uh, in most situations, feel uh, awkward or weird. And uh, Ashland, uh, I think, celebrates people's differences, and, and that makes uh, the place more inclusive. And I've. Yeah, I, I think there's something about the warmth that comes from Ashland. I love the fact that the train tracks run through town, um, and it and it feels like a simpler time. Um, depending on what you're doing and what part of town you're in, but yeah, I it, it has a draw for me that uh, is similar. Similar because it Ashland seems so accepting uh, yeah. of folks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's a huge inspiration, especially for these theatrical types. We're deeply emotional, and so if we're going to. ourselves in a vulnerable situation like creating theater, we need to be in an environment that we feel safe in and that is Ashlyn.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Is there a relationship with uh, Randolph-Macon College?
0: Not yet. Uh, I've done a couple workshops with them in the past, but we haven't had the opportunity to get into their space or work with their students yet. I'm very open to that opportunity. And I do reach out at every show and say, hey, if one of your students wants to come see the show, let me know that they're from Randolph-Macon and they get in free. I want to make sure that theater is accessible, especially to students. So hopefully, you know, in the next 10 years, we'll have more opportunities to collaborate.
1: I think they just opened up their new uh, or their refurbished auditorium.
0: Yes, I saw all of that construction happening. I take a lot of walks with my dad around Randolph-Macon campus, and uh, we were really excited to see those walls going up. So hopefully more opportunities for theatrical performance.
1: Yeah, I think as things uh, open up, uh, that that theater will be really energetic again. Uh, and I will tell you, I have performed on that stage. I know that sounds funny. If you you can see me, right. I don't look like somebody who performs on stage, but, um, it's, it's bigger than the Ashland theater company. And so, yeah, I, I think, I I hope you can uh, get some inroads with Randolph-Macon. I would love to help you do that. I I know a few folks over there. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that's an awesome outreach and that branch could, uh, would do nicely for your your company.
0: Well, I'm delighted to make this connection. And you know, everybody can do theater. So, if you're interested <laughs> in hitting the boards again, it's, you let me know. I happen to uh, know the artistic while. director.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lou, Lou, it's been a while. Uh, I I think I was 12 the last time I was on stage.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Well, you yeah. wouldn't be the first person who's come back to the theater after a long time. So, if you're interested, we got a safe space for you to experiment.
1: <laughs> I think I think I'd set the record for uh, longest break between performances.
0: Oh, not yet. We've had a few people take some real long breaks.
1: I can imagine. Very cool. Well, Hey, uh, anything else we want to tell uh, the listeners here about uh, your company or uh, about you or things they can do to support your nonprofit?
0: Sure. Well, I think the biggest way to support the whistle stop is to support our share a seat program. If you make a donation to share a seat, That donation goes directly into our fund so that we can offer tickets free of charge to underserved communities. So, if you have that ability to make a donation, all of that's going to go right into making theater accessible. And that's really all you need to know about the Whistle Stop in a nutshell. We're here to make theater available to anyone who wants it, has any interest in it, whether that be as a patron or as a participant. So if you have any interest, check us out on Facebook and online, just type in the Whistle Stop Theater Company, we're the first thing that pops up on Google.
1: And it's theater spelled R-E not E-R.
0: That's right, R-E is live performance, E-R is movie theaters.
1: I I, just, I am embarrassed to say I did not know that.
0: It's okay, I'm here for you, we're living, we're learning.
1: Well, yeah, we are learning. I just learned something uh, today that that I didn't anticipate learning. That's fantastic. I assumed it was something uh, RE was more British feeling and ER was more American, but uh, your explanation makes perfect sense.
0: (laughs) It does make you feel fancy, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) It it does. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lou. I really appreciate it. I hope uh, a lot of folks listen to this and uh, engage with your company and uh, they should have learned a lot Uh, I certainly learned a lot. I I actually, uh, I consider myself a proud Ashlander and I don't, I had heard about you guys, but I didn't know much about you. So I, I learned a ton and I appreciate you taking the time to do this.
0: Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so thrilled that we got to take this time together. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scotipodcast.com.